Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. Turn your Bibles with me if you have one or get online or log on to Ezekiel, the 47th chapter. We're going to start a series today called This Is Us. I don't know if you've ever seen a TV show. I've heard it's really good. I've never seen it, Uh, but uh, it's a great title. Uh, for a sermon series. We're talking about promise and values, and today we're going to kick off with just Vision Sunday, and I want to share with you some amazing things that God has been doing and laying on our heart for this next season and show you some stuff that our architects and people have come up with. Uh, we have different committees in our church that have been working on this, praying about it, thinking through it, and we really are excited about what I have to present to you, but really the underlying theme of this and idea of this is this is us. This is who we are. I want to show you a picture of Ben Davis. Uh, He sent me this last night, and uh, this is him fighting a fire about five miles from here up the road, uh, about a half mile from my house. And so many of y'all reached out and said, are you okay? We're fine. Thank God the fire was going a different direction. But there was a it's, it's burned over 300 acres uh, up the road here. Anyway, this picture was, it's, it's an amazing picture, first of all. Good-looking guy. Uh, right, Melissa? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, is he sleeping, or is he still working, or what's he doing? He got off at one. Got off at one. Oh, my goodness, he's going back. Anyway, he's just a great, great guy on our worship team. But uh, he, he's a firefighter. And he sent me this picture, and I just want to say thank you for sharing your husband with us. And um, if, you, if you get online, you can go to the CW Austin website or KXAN, and they interviewed my wife. And she did a phenomenal job on live TV. She did such a great job. And uh, I was like, babe, that was your moment to mess up and be famous and go viral, you know, like... I got bronchitis. <laughs> Unfortunately, she just flawlessly did an interview, and uh, no one will ever know her. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is us. This is us. Um, we're going to be sharing values throughout the uh, next couple of months. That is, uh, some, of, some of you, as you, as you go through these weeks, be like, oh, that's great. Some, some of you that have been here for a while are like, yep, that's us. That's us. Um, and obviously, baptism really plays into it next week. That's a huge part of us. Um, but uh, in 2003, when uh, Pastor Phillips came to me, and he, this was like the early stages. We were about a couple months in, and, uh, and I was not the pastor yet. He was the leader. And he was like, okay, I think you should be the pastor of this church. You should pray about it, think about it. This is a marriage. Once you say yes to this, it's, you know, it's yours, it's your, it's your wife, your second wife. Uh, he was just trying to express, like, this is a big deal, you know, this is a big deal. And uh, he said, I want you to preach a sermon that's going to cast the vision for this church. And basically what he was saying is, if it's good enough, you're going to be the pastor. <laughs> If it's not good enough, we'll keep looking. He didn't actually say it in those exact terms, but that's pretty much what he was saying. 
And so, um, man, I was like, oh, so much pressure. Uh, but God gave me this verse that I want to read to you today. And this is the sermon I preached that uh, early, early May of, of 2003. And it, and it has lasted for 20 years as really the, the vision of the church has not changed. So as I cast the vision for the church, it's, it's really the same. Now, there's some new, really interesting practical steps in that vision, but here is the vision of promised Sam, Ezekiel 47. This is, um, this is Ezekiel has a vision of God. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Somebody say temple. temple. There I saw a stream flowing east, a stream flowing east from beneath the floor of the temple. Now, before we go any further, I want to make sure you grasp that important concept that water is flowing from the temple. And passing to the right of the altar on its south side, the man brought me outside of the wall to the north gate and led me through around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing. The water's flowing. I just want you to get a visual of this. Water's flowing out of the temple and it's going the south side of the east gateway. Verse 3, measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. So it's not very deep yet. Verse 4, he measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my what? Knees. It's getting deeper, right? And after that, another 1,750 feet, uh, and it was up to my waist. So it's getting deeper as he goes. And then finally, verse 5, he measured out another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across, but it was deep, deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. Y'all, y'all still out there? Y'all with me, online people? Too deep. To walk in, so it's time to swim in it, all right? He asked me, verse 6, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the river bank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. Now, I want you to just understand the Dead Sea. If you've never been there before, the lowest part, the hottest part, the driest part, the deadest part of the world, okay? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet below sea level, the Dead Sea. It's barren, desolate. And so it's the same today as it was in this time. And so I want you to just understand what he's prophesying that this water is going to go into that valley. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. That's a miracle. That's supernatural. Dead things will come to life. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water flows. Uh, this is a miracle. That, uh, we went to Israel in 2011. I'll never forget this till the day I died. We heard, I've heard about the Dead Sea. I've heard about this text all my life. But I actually went there and was blown away at it. And... Uh, you know, they're telling us all these things about don't, 
don't get your mouth under the water. You can get in it, but, but don't put your head under the water. The, the waters are so salty, and they have so much, like, uh, heavy-duty minerals, and we're not sure about the freshness, the contamination, or whatever. Of course, we were crazy rednecks. We got in the water, right? We got in the water, trying to float around, take pictures. It was so cool. I'll never forget, though, I felt something on my foot at the bottom of the Dead Sea. And I was like, what is that? And I, and I reached down, and I grabbed it, and I pulled it up, and it was a green plant. And I was like, what the heck is this? This is the Dead Sea. This is not supposed to be here. I literally ran out of the water and was like running up to our guide. And I was like, what is this? I just found this in the Dead Sea. And they were all shocked and perplexed, like we've never seen this before. These guys tour the Dead Sea every day for 30 years or something. They've never seen that. They said, you must have found one little bitty spring at the bottom of the Dead Sea. That's the only way that that particular little plant could live. And so um, I just thought, this is unbelievable. Wish I would have saved that little plant. And brought it back, but I was like, ah, that's awesome. And I ran back into the (laughs) sea. (laughs) What this scripture is saying is that that is just a trace of what is going to happen. That the entire sea is going to come to life. And uh, it says there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. There will be swarms of living things wherever the Water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all, all along the way from Engedi to Inglim, And the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will stay salty. Fruit trees, verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. There will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they will be watered by the river flowing from the temple. Water flowing from the temple. The the fruit will be for food, and the leaves will be for healing. Amazing. It's a prophetic text. Talking about what's going to happen um, literally whenever Jesus returns and the water of life coming to, to renew. This is a picture of renewal. Uh, a picture of something that's going to happen across the planet when Jesus comes back. But it's also a picture of the renewal that's happening day by day uh, in even our generation. Right down here. In the middle of San Marcos is the headwaters of the San Marcos River. And below the surface where you cannot see is the Edwards Aquifer. Those of you that have been around here for a while know about the Edwards Aquifer. But uh, water goes down into the ground and fills up this underground lake. There's over 16 trillion gallons of water in the Edwards Aquifer. San Marcos is just so happened to be at the very bottom end of the Edwards Aquifer, so the water flows this way. And so the San Marcos River has never recorded 
a drought or being dry in, in history. It's always been water in the San Marcos River. It's very low right now, but it's never been, been dry. And the reason why is because there's over 200 springs right here in San Marcos, little holes in the ground. There's three main fissures under the, the plates of the, of, the, of the soil, the rocks of the soil, where this 16 trillion gallons of water is pressing downhill where we are and looking for cracks in the, in the soil, looking for cracks in the rock so that this water can come up out of the ground and be above the surface. Now, if you go to um, where Kirby Lane Cafe is right now, they've dammed it up uh, in, the, in the early days, but before that dam was there, these uh, springs are literally coming up out of the ground like fountains. It's what's called an artesian well where there's no need for a pump because the water has so much pressure that it just comes up to the surface by itself. What a beautiful resource we have, right? In San Marcos. Well, in 2003, when God put this on my heart, uh, he began to show me the, the interesting parallels between the San Marcos River and this passage in Ezekiel 47. That this natural phenomenon that we have here, the San Marcos River, is really a picture of what God wants to do through people in San Marcos. And it is all parallel to what happened when the waters came out of the temple. If, if, you, go, if you go east of San Marcos, we have a picture of the cornfields of Maxwell. Maxwell and Martindale and Lockhart and all that. You, you can go out to the east of town. It looks like... Um, you know, can look green and look fresh if it's rained, or it can look like it does right now, uh, where it's dry and dead and barren uh, because of the lack of rain. If you go to the west side, um, where, where my house is, over here, the west side of San Marcos, and the north side and the west side, it's the hill country, and um, it's looking like this right now. It's barren, it's dry because it hasn't been raining, but I want you to go back to the picture of the San Marcos River, and I want you to look at it very closely. If you go there today, this is what it looks like. It's green, it's fertile, the grass is green, the trees are green, the fish are hanging out, and are loving it. Why? Because the water is always there. The water's always there, and the water's always fresh, 72 degrees year-round, just an incredible resource that we have. And so everywhere the river goes, there's life. Fishermen are there, tubers are there, swimmers are there. Next week, baptizers are going to be there. Baptizees are going to be in this amazing river. And you're going to see the green trees. And it's just, it's just a beautiful picture of Ezekiel 47. As great as the river is, I love it, I love it, I love it. I love swimming in it, participating in it, drinking it, all that. What I'm more excited about is what God is saying to his people. His Holy Spirit is the water. And the temple is no longer a structure or a building. But the Bible says that we are the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit is looking for people that are broken and humble and submitted to him so that his spirit can begin to flow out of us, out of our brokenness, out of our cracks and crevices of our lives, instead of us having power or clout because of the beautiful parts of our life or the miracles of our life. Actually, God's going to be flowing through the broken parts of our life to reach the city. 
And wherever we go in schools, at Texas State, at home, at neighborhood, at work, wherever you go and you allow the water to flow from your temple into the broken dead sea parts of this region, the relationships that you have, the people that you know, that the presence of the Lord is actually going to turn dead things back to life. And it's not going to be because of your money or your charisma or your abilities to to woo people or fix people or change people, but it's solely going to be because you've allowed the presence of God, the presence of His Holy Spirit to flow through you and affect the region around us. Now, this is the message I gave in 2003. And I was casting this vision like, this could be the place. Promise Land could be the place where God's spirit flows and helps broken people. And there's, and there's, you know, there's 40 people listening to this 26-year-old. My voice was all cracking. And it was like I had this hick accent. And I mean, I was just a kid. Like, what if this was us? What if this window of opportunity is open and God could use us to make a difference in San Marcos? I'm like trying to cast vision. This could be us. This is good. Here we are. 20 years later. The vision has not changed and the vision is being fulfilled. Jesus said in, in uh, John seven thirty seven. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. That's the water that we need. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. The original text that many of y'all grew up with, the, the, the King James says, out of their what? Two of y'all grew up with the King James. All right. <laughs> Out of their bellies shall flow rivers. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of you. Like What? How could that happen? It's a supernatural thing that God does through the power of his Holy Spirit and your submission and obedience. Your submission and obedience and surrender to him is this opening for the presence of the Lord to flow through and reach other people. And I'm standing here before you today and telling you thousands and thousands of people's lives have been transformed by what has happened in the community of Promised Land San Marcos. Thousands of people have been impacted and changed. And in the early days, San Marcos was, you know, had... I say the early days, the early days of our church, 20 years ago. There was not a lot of high-paying jobs here. So people left San Marcos. They'd come here to go to school and they would leave. And it was like around 2017, 2018, like the economy really began to shift here. New jobs came in, higher-paying jobs. People actually started moving here to work. Uh, and it was very peculiar and different. But there was, I'm saying all this to say there's been thousands of people that have come through Promised Land and now live all over the country, whether that was through Gary Job Corps or Texas State, or maybe they just moved here for a season, and, uh, and, and, now they're, and now they're in other places. And it's so amazing 
to, to check in with them and see how their life is doing and for them to witness and say it was what God did through me in San Marcos. We just had a few of them come to revival this past week and celebrate with us on Thursday night. People like, I'm thinking of Landon Rigmaiden who was here. And uh, he, he was a part of our church in the early days. And he, he put this long post on Facebook about how, you know, this was an amazing part of his life and transformational part of his life and put him into his next chapter. Now he's married and, and uh, living in Beaumont and, and, and moving on with his life. But it was this transformational thing that happened to him while he was around the waters flowing from the temple, from your temple, from other people's temple. The, the presence of the Lord began to flow into his life. Just a beautiful Beautiful thing. So it all started in 2003. I'm going to just give with you like little snapshots. In Jackson Chapel, United Methodist Church, uh, I think we have a picture of that I want to share with you. This is Jackson Chapel. Unfortunately, this building has been leveled to the ground, and uh, it's a really sad thing. But this is a beautiful church community. Jackson Chapel, United Methodist Church is an African-American church um, on Center Street. They let us use this building for free every Friday night. Uh, we met in there from 7 o'clock to whenever and uh, it was very much a revival-style service, um, and it was a beautiful thing. And so four months into it, it's when they handed it off to Erica and I, and we, we took it and ran with it. And then we moved immediately in uh, June of 2003 to the Alcac Teaching Theater on the Texas State campus. And um, we have a picture of that here. And I want you to look at the screen there. It says Promised Land San Marcos. Uh, that was the original uh, logo that we had and all that we see that 200 there every time we broke an attendance marker we'd put the next number up there so this was at this particular part this is june 5th this was a year in this is our anniversary service june 5th 2004 you can see the date on the bottom uh we were hoping to have 200 people in our worship service on sunday morning if we just do that one time we're going to put 250 up next week right so we just kept doing that look at those balloons man Left side, a little low, a little low. You can bring that up. <laughs> Man, it was just so, so raw and just so full of faith. God's going to be in this. God's going to take our feeble efforts and do something incredible. And so many of you have heard this story, but I, was, I stood up uh, a few months before this picture in April of 2004, and I just stood up boldly and said, um, you know, we're going to raise $100,000 by the end of the year, and we're going to buy our own property. So, man, we, we began to sow and sacrifice and give and, and do whatever we could do, sell things, or whatever we could do to sacrifice to get this $100,000 so we could buy our own property. And by the end of that year, eight months later, which this was a complete and total miracle, uh, we raised $100,000. I think we had like $104,000 in the bank, and I was like, we have made it. Until we started trying to find property. Hang on, before you clap. <laughs> we couldn't afford anything with that money. We, it, was, it was like, oh, man. Uh, but we had accomplished the goal, and we had the money in the bank, and we started writing letters. I wrote 47 letters to landowners all in the area and said, I know your land's not for sale, but would you consider selling it, or would you consider giving it to us? And... Uh, I was just like, come on, God, do something, do something. So we came down here, and uh, we found this, and, and uh, they wanted a million dollars for it. 
We didn't have the money, the experience, or anything. And uh, we just believed that God wanted us to have this property. So we just began to pray it and walk it and fast it and believe it. And God began to open up tiny doors. We take one little step of faith, one little step of faith, one little step of faith at a time. And God just led us through things. And um, a bank finally said yes, had a long list of stipulations. And um, we got in here. And then we started doing all the remodeling ourselves and building. And um, I remember (laughs) we had to put insulation up and uh we had heard that if you put baby powder on your skin that the 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 fiberglass wouldn't get into your skin and so we literally covered ourselves from head to toe with baby powder and we were putting fiberglass insulation up all night over there having a blast putting up insulation just humble hard-working faith-filled, obedient believer saying, God, you've given us this gift. We're going all in. We are, we are, we're excited about water flowing from the temple of our hearts, the presence of the Lord flowing and making a difference in people's lives. So we moved in here. We began to grow a lot. And once we were in the student center over there, that was our, the only building we had. And uh, by 2010, 2011, um, we, we started feeling the growth pains and said, you know what, God is calling us to build a bigger building. So we had the dreams and plans for this building. And, uh, but it was just as impossible, just as difficult. And we was like, how are we going to do this? I don't know. We got we to gotta think through this, pray through this. And we began to cast vision to the church of what it could look like and what it could mean. And um, in 2012, we moved into this building and uh, just spread out. Felt so good. But it wasn't too much longer that we had to add a second service. And then a couple years later, we had to add a third service uh, in this building just because God was doing such an amazing thing. Well, fast forward, you know, if you come up all the way to 2020, we just were steady growth, steady growth. God's doing great things, using us in Mexico, using us in Nigeria, uh, using us in Guatemala and Cuba and India and all these other places, planting churches in Waco and Lockhart and uh, South Austin, and New Braunfels, and uh, God just multiplying the network and the, and the ministry, and so many things happening here, Southside Community Center, and opening up our facility in 2015 for, for six weeks for people to help with the floods in 2015 that devastated so much in our community. And then just like last night, opening up the facility, if anybody needs help, we're here. Uh, during the freeze of 2021, when we were frozen out for a week and a half, there was people that didn't have well. We opened up our well. Come use it. Fill up your water jugs, whatever you need. Just allowing people to be encountered with the presence of the Lord, to be, to be embraced by the love of God, the transformation of God. Let, let them see that God is real and tangible. So, so the church has been there all along the way, all through these steps. And it really, really has been a beautiful thing to be a part of. And so many of y'all have been a part of this all along the way. And um, it's, been, it's been amazing. Well, then we had the news in March of 2020 that there was a disease, COVID, sickness. And we had to close down. We closed down for eight weeks. And there was like the whole, obviously y'all know the whole world changed. But, but our church changed. And over the next two years... 
our church was like a it was like molting. I don't know if you know much about chickens, but like all the feathers came out and then we grew new feathers or something like that. Like we literally lost half of our people, half of the people left. And uh, it wasn't that I don't think they were really on board to begin with. I think they were just kind of hanging out with us, but they left and all the core stayed. And many, many people over the last three years have filled in those spots. And now uh, we're bigger than we've ever been numerically, financially, uh, in so many in so many ways. And so people from California started moving here. I see a few of y'all from California out there that have come here. Tell your friends to just stay. Uh, <laughs> if you still have friends over there, tell them, it's not as good as we thought. Uh, y'all can just stay over there. <laughs> uh, we've had people, I mean... La Cima, Trace, Blanco Vista, Kissing Tree, um, so many neighborhoods are coming in. And in Easter of 2020, we had five services. And uh, 2022, sorry, Easter of 2022, we had five services and they were very full. And uh, this year they were overflowing. But in 2022, Five services were pretty full, and I'll never forget a few days after that Easter weekend, I was walking down the sidewalk right over here, going from the student center out to the playground, and I just had a moment with God right here on the sidewalk where something shifted in my mind, and God spoke to me, and he said, it's time to build again. Check this out. land we are here to bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other and over the last 20 years over 13,000 people have come through our doors and we've seen countless lives changed by the gospel of Jesus and by building lifelong relationships with each other and when you think about the fact that San Marcos is growing so much the Hayes County is I just saw a statistic the other day that we've had over 5,600 homes built and we have another 7,000 homes on the way. That means that's a lot of people that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Our leadership is strong. Our finances are strong. We've never been stronger in the history of our church. The potential that we have compared to the fact that our building is full, our parking lot is overflowing and our kids area is full as well. We're in this tension. We've got all this great potential and we also are limited. And so it makes sense that it's time to build again. And quite frankly, I had put this off because building is so difficult and building is tough. But it was after the Easter services, after Easter weekend, we had five services and all of them were full of people, a couple of thousand people on our property in one weekend. And the fact that we baptized 102 people on one day in the San Marcos River, uh, God was like, hello, Robin, it's time. The time has come to build again. 
So I've been meeting with the church leaders, elders, architects, builders, engineers, trying to come up with a great plan to move forward. The two main phases that will help us maximize our growth. Phase one would include an event center up on our hill overlooking San Martin. In this space, families will celebrate weddings, kids will party and learn about Jesus. After funerals, hurting hearts will be comforted with warm meals and long hugs. This will be an each other place where we will grow valuable lifelong relationships. The event center will be able to handle large crowds of over 200 people in banquet style seating. There'll be ample outdoor space for small groups to gather around the fire pits and watch the sunset. We will have one of the premier gathering spaces in our county when this place is finished. This will be one of the best wedding venues in our entire area. And it will be yours. It'll be ours. It'll be our space together. Phase two would include doubling the size of our worship facility, parking lot, and revamping our student center. 1,000 people will be able to meet in our worship center with theater-style seating so that there won't be a bad seat in the house. We will add an extra entrance to our property to help the traffic flow and double the amount of spots. We'll expand our student center and give our next generation the space needed to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. I believe the future here will always be about welcoming people for who they are. God gives growth to his purposes and I think if we continue to look towards him, he will bring that growth. I just wanna give a shout out to all the people who work behind the scenes who are not known, but your work is very evident um, because I've had the opportunity to speak at this church on several occasions. I see the behind the scenes work and these people have a true heart for God. As part of the dream team, I, there's a lot of work that comes into Sunday mornings, Wednesdays, and just like we, we need the volunteers and we know that there's plenty of amazing people a part of this church and you know it, it feels like when you're first asked to be a volunteer it feels like oh my gosh it's so much commitment and you're so scared of that but it's really so much fun and it's so amazing to be part of the dream team such a blessing that they're they're being able to expand and that they need to expand you know we've just we've we're some of the newer uh, folks here being in that uh, less than two years uh, period of time but we've heard about the growth we've listened to all the conversations about it that pastor robin has talked about and you know it, it's just an it's an attribute to the leadership and to the staff and the congregants of this church that people are coming from all over. So I'm excited about you and I going on this journey together. I want you to pray. Pray for me. Pray for our church leadership. Pray for our meetings that we have, our planning sessions. Please pray for your involvement as well. What can you and your family do to join in and commit with your church family to see these exciting things come to pass. But in reality, it's not about a building and it's not about a facility or pavement or property. It's about people that are lost finding the answer, finding Jesus.
just today, people woke up in our city lost, depressed, suicidal, lonely, addicted, and they don't know where to turn. We have the answer. We have Jesus. He is the solution for the world. And I'm excited about the idea of reaching one more person for God. And I'm excited about you helping me. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So why don't you join with me and let's build his church and make his disciples. Yeah. Look at that. Isn't that cool? That's so awesome. You can be seated just for a second. Um, I, I want to share with you just, just a, a small little thing here, and then we're going to dismiss. But um, have you ever heard the Lord speak to you? I want, maybe this is a little nugget you could just take with you in regards to your own personal life. But there's a time when Elijah was destitute, depressed, seeking, scared, fear, full of fear. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose and the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And I want you to just slow down a little bit. That still small voice is the voice of God that brings confirmation. That, that voice of God is what brings you confidence. And, it, and you know, you, you, you see movies and you hear, hear things in the Bible where there's a booming voice and there's audible voices and there's a light from heaven and all that. But 99% of the time, it is a still, small voice in the context of your prayer time where God brings confirmation and peace about a certain situation. And so that's exactly what happened to me over here. And <clears throat> it was a massive thing, but it came from a still, small voice. You're going to make a difference. It's time to build again. I've heard him say, you're going to buy this house. You're going to do this over there. You should marry Erica. All these different things in my life uh, came from a still, small voice. If you don't take anything else out of this today, be listening to the still, small voice of the Lord. Would you stand with me right now? And uh, I want to invite our team. They're going to be bringing to you right now these cards. Um, the On This Rock prayer, and uh, you can just go, pass them out, pass them out. Just put a chunk in each row. They can pass them down, and if there's any extra on your row, just put them on your seat, and our team will collect them later. But you'll see on here prayer, prayer points. This is what I want you to join with us over the next several months. Keep this in your Bible. Keep this in your car. I have one of these in my truck, and at a light, I just pick it up, and I start praying over Promised Land. It's a really cool thing. On the back side, 
are some key dates of what's going to be happening over the next couple months. In September, there's some dates here. September, we're going to be having gatherings up on the hill. And we're asking every person that calls Promised Land home to join us for one of these gatherings. It'll be where we talk about all the details of when we're going to do this and how we're going to do this and how much it's going to cost and how you can get involved. And we'll answer all the questions that you have in those gatherings. So be seeing, be looking for invitations to those events. But the main thing I want you to do is be praying for promised land. Be praying because the devil hates what we're about to do. The devil hates it because this is a discipleship move. This is an evangelism move. This is a fellowship move that is deeply entrenched in the move of God. And um, as I said on the video, it's, it's not about a building. It's not about money. It's not about property, which by the way, we have the property next door under contract to, to be able to do a lot of the stuff we're talking about. Uh, go ahead and clap for that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Running short on time, so let me pray for you and dismiss you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. God, I pray uh, that you will continue to bless Promised Land, that we will continue to, to, to be a, a place where the Spirit of the Lord is here. Spirit of the Lord is moving. Lord, that we're looking to you to be the difference maker in this world, not us, not our perfection or our abilities, God. There's people here today that are wondering, that are lonely, that are struggling today and need your presence, God. I pray right now for the sweet peace of the Lord to come and bring them comfort and rest and salvation. In the name of Jesus, Father, only you can do. We pray all this in the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.